everyone. I am Valerie Malone, life coach, motivational speaker, creator of Love You Life program. Today, I have an amazing guest with me, Dr. Ji Won Men. She's a Canadian licensed naturopathic doctor. As a woman health expert, she helps women beat the bloat, lose a stubborn weight, have caffeine-free energy by balancing their hormones naturally. Through her educational talks, her transformational healthcare model, as well as her signature hormone reset detox program and immune booster course, she continued to develop an innovative way to help women and their families leverage the power of natural medicine to better their health and their quality of life. She truly believes that when we love and nourish ourselves, we can live vibrantly and love abundantly. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for that long and beautiful intro. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back to the part that I said. The, the name of your title, I wanted to make sure that the listeners get said, uh, naturopathic. That's some people say that, right? Natural. How do you say that? Naturopathic medicine. Yeah. There we go. It's a little tongue twister, but uh, <laughs> I want people to know. So me and you, we spoke before, and I love what you do. Um, you're a mother of two kids, um, busy mom and a wife and a doctor. So um, one of the things that I teach and my listeners love to hear about how self-compassion and self-love can actually um, heal. We can heal ourselves through that. So mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, start with what is the purpose or the significance of self-compassion when it comes to healing our body? Well, I think self-compassion is so important because I believe self-compassion is like taking the highway to self-healing without the traffic jam. So when you have mastered self-compassion, you can get where you want faster without getting stuck. And I think that's the beauty of, you know, um, achieving self-compassion. And over the years, I, I have helped and witnessed hundreds of people heal their bodies and including myself. Um, and from that journey, I have realized that really there are three distinct phases that people go through during their healing journey. So number one, I find that it's denial. Number two, obsession. And the last phase is self-compassion. So um, I myself is the middle child of four kids. Um, I grew up believing that I was only worthy when I got good grades and made my parents proud. So I, I became a perfectionist and being a perfectionist got me known as the smart girl in school, always first in their class, you know, all throughout high school. And as an international student, that was, that was um, quite an achievement. But well, yeah, it got me into a uh, prestigious, prestigious university and medical school and so on. But I was very, very, very far away from being self-compassionate myself um, because I was my worst critic. I mm -hmm. always pushed myself beyond limits and I would... I could pull all-nighters, um, I would skip meals, always keep myself busy, you know, I did all these things that are not kind to myself, mm -hmm. um, because I had, you know, um, I had other expectations to meet, right, um, and, you know, I guess fortunately or, or unfortunately, this led me to develop something called IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, in my 20s. Um, among other things, obviously, there's other things going on and got to a point where I just felt really sick and uncomfortable. So I went to see a naturopathic doctor myself. And I told her, 
you know, um, I'm getting really frequent abdominal cramps these days. I get bouts of diarrhea. I feel so, so tired. My skin is breaking out. I really need some help. And what she suggested at that time, um, she said something like, oh, I think there is, there might be some food sensitivities or intolerances. And she suggested that we, we investigate. Um, and this is what I told her, basically. I said, I've never had food allergies or sensitivities in my life. I don't think you heard me right. I don't have a food problem. I have a stomach problem. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then I left her office and, and this is actually commonly what I, what I hear from my own patients. And this is the first stage of that denial. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we are stuck here, we don't really know what we don't know. Right. But we are too scared or, or rather resistant to the idea of changing, right. Changing the way we eat, the way we live our lives. And we're simply not ready. Right. Um, Yeah. So I guess like, I think maybe I heard it from Tony Robbins say it, but I think he said something like change happens when the, the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Right. 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 Yeah. So that turning point happened to me a few years after when my symptoms grew worse to the point I finally said, okay, okay, I think there is something food related here. So let's get to the bottom of this. So I ran some tests, I did delimination diet, and I finally confirmed my food triggers that was creating all these symptoms for me. And then I became obsessed with what I eat. And I started labeling foods like gluten is bad, dairy is evil, you know, eggs make me so sick, you know, and I really, at this point, had entered um, obsession phase, right? So the second phase of obsession. And I was caught in this phase for a very long time, um, to be honest, like almost about five years. Um, And I found my body incredibly reactive during this time. So whenever I stepped out of the line, I would have immediate reaction, horrible cramps and diarrhea, and I was just like debilitating pain. and I think there was this moment in time when I had this aha moment where I re- realized that foods were not bad or evil. You know, there is better or, you know, poor quality of food out there. But at the end of it all, they were just sources of energy, right? right. Um, so I realized that the reaction was actually coming from my body. And it was trying to communicate a message to me. And when I finally started seeing my symptoms as an invitation, not a curse, and when I was finally ready to listen to that message, I think it was pretty loud and clear that my body was actually telling me, hey, you got to love me, you know, take better care of me. And that was it, right? And That is so amazing. Yeah. And as soon as I realized that and I started making that mental shift and really started focusing on healing my body, I guess, and start honoring my body's needs, I started feeling better. And my symptoms finally went away for good. And, you know, just like my body started developing increased tolerance to the foods that I usually reacted really bad in the past. And that was like a major, huge win for me. And I was able to reverse all four chronic conditions that I had during my 
most of my 20s, right? Which is a time when you should be having the peak of your youth and enjoying your life, right? And, but I was having so many health problems in my 20s, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I truly believe self-compassion is connected to self-love and self-care. And without those two, you can't really heal your body, right? That was like a long-winded answer, but yeah. <laughs> no, love it. I love it. No, you did it so beautifully because you know what? Um, I teach self-compassion. And like you said, self-compassion is self-love. And I wanted to bring an amazing woman like yourself with a journey of how you overcome um, all of these things. And I want the listeners to understand this is our health we're talking about. This mm -hmm. is not something that our career that we can say, okay, we failed on our career. We can start something else, you know, things like that. But when it comes to your health and what you said is so important that a lot of time allergies, things like that, we, we take it so lightly, you know, okay, I have a cold, I'm going to get over it or I'm going to take a Benadryl, I'll be okay. Or, uh, anything in our body and we just ignore the signs and the, the, mm -hmm. the way our body telling us that, hey, listen, like you said, I need you to take care of me. I need you to take care of me. And that's what is very important to listen to your body. You actually took some time to listen to your body and said, okay, it's not the food. Let me see what my body's telling you. And that's how you treat all of these things through self-compassion and self-love and nourish your body. So which brings me back to my next question, which is a lot of people are having, and me myself going through that, um, how does lack of self-compassion affect women's hormones and, and when they have menopause or during their period time and all of that? Because like you said, we're so busy following the script of fixed belief that we were told to be on a diet, to go on a gym three hours a day and, and do all this stuff and seems to be not working. Yeah, yeah. There, there are so many of that out there. And before we get into talking about the hormones, I think it's important to also differentiate between self-compassion and self-sabotage. Because oh. I, I see this quite commonly. I guess like listening to your body's needs, whether that is a, you want a bowl of salad or you want a piece of chocolate cake, I think when you're honoring your needs and even your pleasure could be your needs, and I think that could be a form of self-compassion but I think finishing a bowl, a box of chocolate, a box of chocolate or cookie or a pint of ice cream to numb your emotions and feelings, I think that is a form of self-sabotage. Right. And I also believe there's a lot of these messages out there, all about body positivity, right? So mm. I also believe that loving your body with all its curves and flaws and, you know, at the same time, nourishing it with healthy and balanced foods and a healthy dose of exercise, that is self-compassion. But self-sabotage is like telling yourself, I love my body, but not taking good care of it by continuing to overwork, sleep late, eat processed foods, and too much sugar, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there is a very fine line between um, self-compassion and self-sabotage. And when we lack self-compassion, we are not engaging in self-care. Um, and I see a lot of women where they f find themselves feeling a little stuck because they want to, they want to be self-compassionate, they want to do self more self-care, but because they haven't yet established healthy boundaries for themselves, um, they simply feel like they don't have the time or the energy to take care of themselves because they're just too busy taking care of other people mm. and meeting others' expectations and serving other people's needs at the expense of their own, right? 
and this puts our body under chronic stress. And I certainly went through that process um, of burning out, right? Um, and as we all know, chronic stress is linked with so many issues like leaky gut, digestive issues. I treat a lot of uh, women with bloating and reflux and a lot of IBS, SIBO, skin issues, you know, from eczema, psoriasis, there's so many of, of, um, of health consequences that can stem from chronic stress. But we also know that chronic stress derails hormones, right? And a, uh, a lot of people report um, complaining of chronic fatigue, weight gain, hair loss, hypothyroidism, infertility, um, and breast cancer, right? Especially in women. Um, I also realized that the lack of self-compassion oftentimes also impinge on the severity of the menopausal symptoms in women too. So here's an interesting fact that I wanted to share with the audience is that every woman will go through menopause, but not every woman will experience menopausal symptoms in the same way, right? And some will experience it rather mildly and have an easier transition, while others may experience it more intensely and have a rather difficult transition into this next phase of life. And I, and I see this in, in my patients. I see it in my, uh, my mother-in-law and my mother. Again, I can share more about their experience as well. But I believe like the secret key here lies in how early you know, did we have accepted that invitation to love ourselves and take better care of ourselves and really master self-compassion and how early we have started to acknowledge and listen to our body's needs and honor that, right? Mm. Um, so I find that that really plays a big role in terms of what our later lives and the quality of our health and lives would look like. So um, just to give you an example of what that it is like, um, so my mother-in-law, for example, uh, spent her life working as a working mom uh, while she was also taking care of her kids and the household uh, without much support from her husband. Um, and that was kind of quite typical in, in that generation. And she had frequently relied on alcohol to take the edge of her stressful life. Then in her mid forties, she found herself that she had cirrhosis. Um, and small cancerous lesion on her liver. So she went through um, surgery and all these um, chemo. And then she took really that as a wake-up call to really focus on her, herself, her health. So she quit her day job and she started you know, working on her health and well-being. And as a result, um, she really had an, a rather uneventful menopause. So when I asked her, how was your menopause? I think I, was, I, was, I just got married and I just was curious because my mom was having such a difficult time. And she was like, I don't remember. <laughs> it was just as if her, she said, you know, just one day her period stopped and that was it, right? Um, but on the other hand, my mom, um, she... She actually uh, lived quite a selfless life as a housewife all, all her life, taking care of her husband and our children. Um, and she was just like, she has a really big heart and she likes to take care of other people, but she wasn't really good at taking care of herself. And up until now, she never really had a life-threatening illness, but I can remember that she was always tired and was prone to break out. Because when I was a kid, I used to see my mom lying on her bed often. Um, and when I wanted to play or spend time with her, she was unavailable, right? She was, you know, either too tired or sick. 
So when all the kids moved out to go to the college and university, my mom would often, when I check on her and when we're having a phone conversation, it's like, oh, how are you doing? What did you have for dinner? Or things like that. You know, what I would often hear from her is that she would often skip meals or just have rice and kimchi or instant noodles for her uh, dinner. And she was really not so great at self-care. And um, for her, she relied really on coffee for most of her life to get her going through the day. And she, she was that type of person who would happily spend most of her days in bed if she could, right? Mm. Um, so for my mom, menopause was not so pleasant. It was accompanied by hot flashes, vaginal dryness that led to significant you know, discomfort and pain. Um, so seeing her go through that process, I just felt like, oh, I wish, you know, <laughs> there was this kind of like combination of my mother-in-law and my mom <laughs> where, you know, um, they could, you know, learn from each other, right, in a way, right? So, well, she's now in her 60s and, you know, doing much better, obviously, and I'm so grateful uh, for that. And she's also gotten much better at taking care of herself over the years. And, and she's now, you know, at this point where she makes sure that she eats her meals and makes sure she has a rather balanced meal. She takes her supplements, she goes out for a walk and, you know, meet up with her friends. And she's also actively engaged in her community and do a lot of volunteer work. So looking at her living a more vibrant life like that just makes me super help, super happy and just really proud of her. Um, and I think like the people around her benefits as a result of her rising up and really being more kinder and loving to herself. So, so that's also for me, it's like a learning journey as well. Cause I, I like for, for my mom, my, my, my mom was my role model. So like looking at her always giving and giving and giving and burning out was, is my default mode that is pre-programmed right in yeah. my, in my cells and my bones. Um, so I have a tendency to do that as well. So I have to constantly remind myself to slow down, to also take care of myself and to put myself first um, so that I have the, the energy reserve and, and the love and the heart to also give to others. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those stories. And, and uh, it's so relatable. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story because I'm going through my menopause now. Mm -hmm. And um, I heard that, you know, the sooner, the, the earlier you get your period, the earlier you get your menopause. And I don't know if it's true or not, but let's just say I, I'm on my pre menopause. So what happened was that I learned about it a little bit when I didn't get my period for a couple of months. And then I was like, okay, I went to my gynecologist and she told me, yeah, well, you're getting there. And like you said, it's so funny. You mentioned that. And I love that the way you said it. And, and I'm glad you mentioned it. I panicked. I panicked and I was like, oh my God. So I heard all these stories that when you get your menopause, you, it's going to be very painful. It's going to be hard. It, all these stories. And automatically I thought of it and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go through that too. So I went to the gym every single, kid you not, every single mm -hmm. day, one hour on a treadmill. I completely stopped eating all the uh, carbs like bread, potatoes, or anything. Not that I was eating that much, but even the little bit, even the little bit, I stopped all that. And believe it or not, I was gaining weight. I was keep gaining weight. And I was like, what the hell? 
I'm going to the gym, I'm exercising, I'm eating all these vegetables and fruit and meat and all the stuff that I'm told. I'm drinking a lot of water, but I'm keep gaining weight. But when I went to my doctor, my doctor was like, give me a bunch of pills, right? He was like, mm-hmm. you panicking, take this pill, take that pill. I, they, he put me on three pills. Mm-hmm. So I took that. And then the side effect of that, it was made me so tired. So I was like your mom. I just wanted to crawl in the bed and not talk to nobody and just, just sleep all the time. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, this, this cannot be right. There's something is wrong here. This, mm-hmm. this cannot be right. And I realized that the reason I was gaining weight and the reason I was, all these symptoms are showing up, not because of so much my menopause, because I was panicking that I got it. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that, I was like, uh-oh, now I need to stop and I need to like slow down. Like mm-hmm. you said, embrace it. You have it. Now just slow down. Let's just listen to your body, see what's going on. And I stopped going to the gym. I said, let me re- rearrange all these stuff. And mm-hmm. I stopped going to the gym. I stopped all these food and stuff. I restarted again. Okay, this many time I'm going to work out. I'm going to I'm going to take care of myself by taking a nap, by walking outside, by listening to the music that I like to, by doing meditation, by taking a bath, things like that. When I added, mm-hmm. I actually lost weight. Some of my weight that went up actually came down. I'm still going down, not to the weight that I was before, but I have so much energy and I'm so much better. I give up all the pills that the doctor give me. I, you know, I'm a little bloated, but that's besides that, I feel really good. And I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of us, that panic of, oh my God, I got my menopause. Now I'm getting old or I'm going to get fat and I'm going to have a pain. It's fair to, I'm sorry, it's fair to say that the panic itself can cause a lot of stress, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree, right? It's that, that panic and that initial like, go, 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 I need to do more, right? That's creating stress more on the body, right? And I also see this common pattern of where when people is like, oh, I, I got to get my health back, then people just just, just uh, go really hard on exercise. And sometimes a lot of people are actually, unfortunately, um, under uh, been under chronic stress. So their adrenal function is not optimal and their energy is not up there to be really going full on hard on exercise. And um, to be honest, I actually have to dial down on the exercise when my patients come to me and they're saying, oh, I want to lose weight because I gained like 10 kilos over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. And I tell them to stop exercising. They're like, what? <laughs> but I, I have to remind them that right now your body, like adding more physical exercise to your body is actually adding more physical stress, right? So we have to slow down. Right now we got to reduce inflammation, right? And really balance your hormones first before before we add in and more exercise and, and actually bring your energy up before we actually increase more exercise, right? So um, I think it, it was really good for you that you listened, right? And you also added a lot of these feminine uh, energy, right? Doing more meditation, slowing down. And I think all of that is very important for our body. And that's what you need during this period of menopause. I think it's it's a it's kind of an invitation from your body to really reflect on yourself and, and try to figure out, you know, what your body needs in this moment in time. And funny enough, um, talking about the feminine energy in Asian medicine terms, a lot of these hot flashes and night sweats and all these menopausal symptoms, we call that yin deficiency, right? So yin is that feminine energy that 
cooling energy, right? And yang is that rising, burning, active, masculine energy, right? So when there is a deficiency in yin, there is a relative rise in yang, which is that hot energy, right? So, um, so that, that's what creates this hot flashes and night sweats and women, right? And yin deficiency, if you just take the word quite literally, it's like you need more feminine energy to balance that. You need more grounding. You need more relaxation. You need more calming to, to kind of compensate for that deficiency state, right? But then most of the times, a lot of women do the opposite. They try to do more. They think, oh, I'm, I'm gaining more weight, so I need to do more exercise. I need to um, eat less carb and all that, right? But sometimes that put more pressure on the, on the body, and they just spiral into more yin-deficient state. And, and unfortunately, like um, eating a lot of raw salad and all that, when your digestive system is not optimal, can also put a lot of pressure on the body and the digestive system. And, you know, it just doesn't really, you don't see the difference, right? Despite putting a lot of efforts into reducing calories and doing more exercise, right? So, so I think that is where you need to really listen to and figure out what is at the root cause of all this. Oftentimes, you know, it could be your underactive thyroid. Um, it could be your higher estrogen, right? Um, despite, you know, um, perimenopause, people think it's more driven by um, low estrogen, but during this Peri, like pre, perimenopause, there could be actually high estrogen symptoms happening at the same time too, right? So it's a very, you know, um, kind of confusing ground for a lot of people. So I think it's also very important to investigate into the root cause of what's going on inside the body and 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 get help. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm totally example of that, and I and I I'm glad that you're here, and that's why I wanted to bring you here because if. And I've been like, you know, taking care of myself for a long time. And if I get like that, I can't imagine people that are like, you know, busy, busy working. And we have so much responsibilities, like you said, being a mom and all that stuff and putting everybody else before us. And and they should start taking care of themselves now and mm -hmm. give themselves some compassion and self-love and listen to their body. Because if not, that can actually affect your immune system. So how does this affect your immune system? Because eventually, I, I mean, chronic stress, people, I, I emphasize on this so much. Chronic stress is like, when you get a stress, people say, okay, I'm stressed. I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to relax. Or I'm going to like, just watch a little bit of TV. I'm going to have a bottle of ice cream. That moment goes away, but it keeps adding on so much that by the time your body's telling you, it's like, uh-oh, you know what? It's getting chronic and you need to do something about it, which can actually hit your immune system, right? Yes. Yes. I actually see a very strong correlation between autoimmune conditions and lack of self-compassion. Mm -hmm. So when I do intakes with my uh, patients, uh, we go very deep into uh, our stress response. And we talk about, we get started talking about fear because oftentimes our fear is what triggers us into our fight or flight response, right? Which is our mm -hmm. stress response. So oftentimes when I'm talking with my patients who has autoimmune conditions, fear of not being good enough comes up really often as a source of stress. Um, and as you know, autoimmunity occurs when your immune cells attack your own cells and tissues, right? Mm -hmm. And which makes this connection with self-compassion so much more interesting because it's as if our immune cells um, are in a self-sabotage mode, right? Killing mm -hmm. their own kind. 
right? Um, constantly pushing ourselves to do more and sleep less. And also um, these can also lead to weaker immune system, which is the other side of the immune system. Because I, I say immune system is like teeter-totter. Mm-hmm. It can either go up and get hyperstimulated, which is the autoimmunity, or it can go down, which is the suppressed state, which is the weak immunity, right? So I see both happening um, at the same time. Like I, I had a patient who came to see me in January of this year who had three infections over one year and that ended up treating with three courses of antibiotics, right? Um, and obviously gained a lot of weight and just wanted to take, uh, take health, like um, get her health back. So I asked what changed in the last year and the answer was too much work, too much stress, not enough downtime, right? Um, so what we know um, from research and also from COVID is that micronutrient deficiencies are commonly observed in people who struggle with low immunity. Um, and this was also observed in COVID patients as well. And um, right now, I think in this post-COVID era that we're living in, um, coming down with something as mild as a cold is now creating an incredible anxiety among people, right? And I find this quite amusing and frustrating at the same time because schools in Hong Kong, where I live, have recently closed as a result of increases in cases of colds in kids, right? And the lower primary students, um, they were also in kindergarten, there were a number of cases of upper respiratory tract infections and colds going around, and they were just like, panic mode and they ended up shutting down the schools right and now kids are doing online learning at the moment right and i think this is like the first time in history that schools close because kids are getting sick from cold right um but here's the thing i believe the health of our immune system is the greatest predictor of our success with any infection and that includes covid19 as well and i thought to myself you know um wouldn't it be nice if more families knew how to support their immune system well, right? Um, by leveraging the power of natural medicine, because there's so much that we can do here um, that that would lead to less anxiety and panic, right? Um, and together we would be able to raise the next generation of health keepers with healthy and resilient immune system, right? And and kids are our future and also ourselves like we model healthy behaviors for our kids too right mm. so i thought that would be such a nice thing to do so i created an immune booster course for the entire family called super immunity super kids yeah so that's how it came out to be <laughs> no it is it's gee so fascinating that we find out more and more especially in new uh, work of uh, field of work that how stress, anxiety, this panic can actually affect your health. Like back, like, you know, even before this COVID, um, people would just go, 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 go. And then if you get sick, you go to the doctor, the doctor does the uh, regular routine, give you some prescription, psychologically think that, okay, I have the medicine and you come home, you take it, you feel better a little bit, and then you go again. And, mm-hmm. and well, we can have a whole nother conversation, which I will bring you back about the COVID and how people panic is, but, and overall, it's so important for people and for the listener to understand this. The stress is the number one killer, worse than COVID. Would you agree? 
Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, I believe I believe chronic stress is 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 really uh, impacting the immune system. But also, there has been a very interesting study done on stress where they said, you know, perceived stress matters. Mm. So if you perceive stress as negative, it's going to have a negative impact on your body. If right. you perceive stress as something that's positive, as a motivator, as something that um, that is you know challenging you, then it's not going to have a negative impact, right? So at the end, I think it's all in the mindset of how we perceive the world, right? Um, so if we in in this COVID times, if we see this as a challenge, that hey, I'm going to take better care of myself and you know um, take. Uh, you know, take better care of my immune system and all that and do, do eat good food and, you know, take care of the lifestyle and all that. And that would be a positive stress, right? And doing good on your body. But if you take on all the anxiety and panic from the people around you and the news and you just spiral down into, you know, you know, eating ice cream and, and drinking wine, um, I think that would be adding the, the, the more stress on your body, right? At the end of it. Right, which is between cause the immune system. So, what is your uh, prescription for patient who uh, may be stuck in their healing journey? Like, like, and and I I hear from my listeners a lot. They email me some of the people like, okay, I don't know where to start and where to finish, and that's why I have you over here. What if some people that are stuck and say, okay, what is your advice? What is your prescription? What do they what do they should do? The number one prescription when my patients have been dealing with a chronic condition and they've been stuck for a long time as I actually tell them, you got to start visualizing your best health now. Mm -hmm. um, I tell them, focus on what you really want uh -huh. and, and imagine how you would look and feel in your new body, new, your new health and how your life would be different as a result, right? Mm -hmm. And I tell them to do uh, like, to imagine in details and, and the more vivid that you can imagine, the better it is. Because here's the thing, I find that when people, um, when people have been dealing with a chronic condition for a very long time, they become so attached to their diagnosis. Okay. Right? And, that, and that is all that they can think of, how frustrating it is for them to live with these symptoms day in and day out. You know, it's totally sucked to be living like this. And, you know, they get so bogged down in, in terms of, you know, all these um, managing and frustration from, you know, not progressing, right? Mm -hmm. And they constantly, the only thing that I can think about is, you know, what's not going well, right? And if you, if you do that, then, you know, it's not going to get you well, right? Because you're stuck in that phase, right? So um, I tell my patients, you got to start believing in yourself that it is possible. And the best way is actually doing some visualization, right? And then you got to tell yourself that you absolutely deserve this and more, right? right. That you, like, I think like mindset is a really big part of healing. And, and one thing that really keeps people stuck as well so in order for to get you out of there, you got to get clear on where you want to go and where you, what your destination is going to look like, right? Mm. So um, sometimes I would tell my patients to the point that you got to obsess over your vision, right? Mm. Um, and once you start visualizing, I 
um, you will start attracting the right people and opportunities and and that will help you get where you want to go and uh, you know that could be um, someone who can hold your hands and guide you through that could be someone who's going through the similar journey and who could be an inspiration and also an accountability partner right, right? Uh, whatever that is right you're gonna be you're gonna be meeting these people along the way when you start become very clear at what it is where is that you want to go right um and another thing is i always remind my patients that your cells have ears when oh, you constantly yeah <laughs> yeah literally because when you constantly tell yourself that you're enough you're worthy you're lovable just the way you are and you would do you know absolutely everything in your power to get you well then your cells will say amen to that and start cooperating and working with you and for you and not against you right because a lot of times when people are stuck they feel like oh my body's my body hates me like you know it's like a curse you know nothing's working it's like working against me, right? And it's like your, your body suddenly becomes your enemy, right? In that phase, not, your, your body is not going to be cooperating with you, right? It's not going to be like, oh, you tell me that, then I'll make sure that that is the reality, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that your body's on, on your side, right? And, and in order to do that, you got to tell loving words. I treat it as your best friend, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and lastly, what I was I would suggest is that if the current strategy is getting you nowhere, then you got to find a different strategy that actually works. And there is so many information out there and um, in the internet. I know that, and oftentimes people feel like, oh, I can DIY myself through this at all, um, and I can do it on my own. But sometimes you got to also reach out for support mm. when you need it, and I think that also takes a lot of courage as well. So um, staying open to receiving help and guidance, I think that would be also helpful. I love what you said because I this is my practice and I tell everybody your body little listen to you and I uh, your vision um your vision that's listeners has to know that you said your vision is your prescription you have to know what your vision is how do you want to feel how do you want to look and I always tell my clients that what you perceive as real it will become real mm -hmm. right because oh, so true. Mm -hmm. yeah, once you once you believe in yourself, once you know that okay, I know exactly what I want to look like, how I want to how I want to feel, what I want to do, then slowly, slowly, like you said yourself, you're gonna surround yourself with the people that are like minded that can support you, that can see your vision, and that can say, okay, this is what you're going, this is what you're doing. But the reason I brought you over here with the COVID and everything, and I want listeners to listen to you, you have an amazing program that is hormone reboost detox program and immune booster course tell us a little bit about that because like you said if your strategy is not working ladies you gotta ask for help you gotta get to the next level you gotta invest on yourself you gotta uh, find someone that knows and and know that you're part of community you're part of something that we can't do it all we can't know it all and you don't want to spend hours and hours on the internet looking for stuff so i love this this course that you have that is about hormones detox and then immune system booster tell us a little bit about that Thank you. Um, so Hormone Reset Detox is a three-week program. Mm -hmm. um, we had a live launch in fall and we had participants go through and saw 
great, amazing results out of that. Um, I will be launching um, another one in spring. So um, that's coming up. Um, I might eventually, you know, offer this as a, as a online course as well. But for now, it's going to be uh, launching in spring, um, come spring. And we really go down into um, getting the fundamentals right, the lifestyle and also the food and, you know, um, removing obstacles to cure so that is one of the focus of you know identifying inflammatory triggers and really allowing our body to let go of a lot of these symptoms that we've been holding on to mm-hmm. um, and then women see you know difference in their weight that hasn't been budging for many many uh, months or years um, they see their skin improving their tender sore breasts getting better um, their periods are, are also regular so there is a lot of goodness that comes out of this detox um, the immune booster course is um, it's just like a one day course that um, that is available on demand now um, what I teach in this course is I actually go pretty deep into how to effectively manage fever as a medicine because mm-hmm. um, sometimes we consider fever as something that we need to bring it down, but that's not necessarily true. Fever is medicine in its own. And I share how to manage fever effectively and really leverage that power of medicine. Um, And also we talk about proven methods to relieve sore throat, stuffy nose, cough. And I share age specific dosing guide for different supplements that you can take to relieve symptoms. And what is that secret sauce when that helps to dramatically reduce sick days, like up till like 80% or even like by next day, you know, that can happen. Um, I also talk about what is the best natural medicine to be on right now so that you can keep well uh, during this cold and flu and pandemic and beyond. And lastly, I talk about post-antibiotic protocol because sometimes you do end up having to resort to antibiotics and, you know, how can we protect and restore your, our microbiome and gut health after antibiotic exposure? Because we know that there is where, that's where our immune system starts from, right? Um, so, you know, that's all packed into, into a course. Um, and I think everyone really should take this course who are serious about boosting immune system and building a healthier immune system. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of information that I could tell you right now that I don't know much about and I'm going <laughs> to look into this because no seriously like I you know there's a lot beyond that that we don't know and we just blame ourselves and like you said it's all through this it fixed belief that we have how our menopause has to be or how pregnancy has to be and and sometimes we suffer we don't but you have some great information here that people can actually take and it's almost like a shortcut to be honest with you right it's kind of like okay I, I have these symptoms and this is all natural this is like done through not so much like medicine keep taking pills keep taking pills and and that's what I love about your program because you detox and you're talking about immune system you're talking about fever which I didn't know I just learned mm-hmm. this today <laughs> <laughs> So I can't imagine how much they're going to learn from you. So ladies, I highly recommend you to look into this because she's amazing. And where they can find you? I'm going to put all your social media stuff. Ladies, you got to follow her. You got to go see her because (laughs) I love what she does. But uh, where they can find you? Well, uh, first of all, I'm on Instagram at Dr. Jiwen Min. So 
drgwomen, that's where you can find me. Um, I also have a website, um, so that's where you would find um, more information about these courses um, and what I do. Um, so that is going to be j-i-w-o-o-n-m-i-n.com, so gwomen.com. Um, and I also uh, offer telemedicine for those people who are living a little bit far away. So yeah, that's also wow. See, this is all one package together. Um, I would definitely, no, I would definitely put all your information there, but I want them to uh, hear it from you. Um, and yes, you have this course coming up. It's amazing. I know I'll be the one that's taking this because I'm going to my pre-menopause girl. So uh, if you're thinking that you're feeling tired or bloated, or you think that you can, or you feel like you can lose weight or simply just confused about pre-menopause, menopause, and all that good stuff that we think we know, but not so much then I would definitely say go check her out because she's phenomenal. She has such amazing information. Thank you so much for being here with us and sharing some amazing story and giving us some amazing strategy what we need to do to show ourselves self-compassion and self-love and accept ourselves the way we are and, and tell our body that we are enough just the way we are. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me, Valerie. Thank you.